Hello and welcome to the Wellness Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Taff, and on this week's episode, I'm joined by Quiva Gibney, also known as the Mindful Physio. Quiva is a chartered physiotherapist, a yoga and Pilates teacher, breathwork facilitator, and she has recently left full-time physiotherapy within the HSE and is now living in Sydney, Australia and working in an area that she absolutely loves. This episode is all about having the self-belief to transform your life and there's so much good insights here. So as always, if you enjoy, please let me know. But for now, let's get into the episode. So Quiva, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on and you're coming to us all the way from Australia um, so I really appreciate your time and what I love to ask every guest that I have on before we start is would you tell us just a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do and then we can get into our chats. Sure yeah um, so my name is Kiva also known as the Mindful Physio on Instagram so it's kind of in the name. Um, I am a physio by trade firstly so that's kind of what I went into what I always wanted to go into and then that has probably just transformed over the last few years um I am a yoga teacher and a Pilates teacher and a breathwork facilitator at the minute so very much so focused on like holistic therapies is what I would say and I love physio and I love the base of physio and everything it's given me but I think it probably made me aware of how much more there was there and you know that we're not just physical bodies we're not just mental bodies that it's emotional and spiritual and it's everything on everything included in that so yeah I've been doing the page I was just looking at the day for nearly two years now since I started up and I'm sure you know the feeling when you go out on a on a whim like that and start something it is petrifying in the beginning and if there's someone sitting listening that's like considering branching out or trying something new or adding it into what they already have I completely remember what that fear was like but it's probably the best thing I ever did and has given me so much freedom and just not even like a a freedom in the sense of like you know being able to travel and stuff like that but just freedom in doing what I love to do and what comes naturally to me and not being forced maybe into into a box and I know you feel that too because you're obviously very much so after branching out and creating your own so yeah that's that's probably it it's been it's been a journey and obviously all of your experience get experiences get you there um so my first few physio jobs completely shaped me as did all like life experiences and stuff like that so yeah then you, you one day wake up and you're like when did that happen yeah <laughs> when did we hear but yeah yeah and we're like you said we're so similar in that the whole lifestyle medicine part of our approach to health um we're both really um an advocate of and I love as well like when I when people ask me they're like oh how did you change like how did you go from full-time nursing to where you are now and I feel like sometimes it looks like from the outside that one day the person just decided to wake up and be like do you know what I'm gonna go and for me it was when I started lifestyle clinic a few years ago I'm just gonna go do that And that's what it looks like on the outside, but there's actually a whole journey that brings you to that point that it's not just overnight. It's like you're slowly transitioning. You're slowly kind of following those intuitions and stuff that interests you. What was it like for you? Was it a long process to, I suppose, shift from being in your physio position to moving to where you are now? 
Um, actually, funny you say that and about you changing over. I listened to one of your podcast episodes, like very beginning, very, very beginning of the podcast. And I remember thinking, wow, like imagine, imagine being in a clinic. You had started like a room, wasn't it first? Yeah. yeah. I remember being like, wow, imagine being able to like practice under something you really believe in. Um, that was one of the first things I, cause I actually really enjoy you know podcasts of people who I can really relate to that's like yeah. you know you like you like to pick ones that have all the money for production and stuff like that but actually hearing people's genuine experiences they're the people who inspire me the most so I have to say on the journey now and I followed you for a long since I probably started my page yeah um, and watched your journey and it's stuff like that that I think you see maybe somebody else do something and you're like god it's possible like it's that was the transition it was slowly I was only saying this to a client today. She asked, like, you know, were you all, were you always like this? Were you doing this at home? And I was like, God, no. Like, even I would say a year ago at home, I would have been teaching Pilates and I would have put a meditation at the end. And if I thought meditation was a little bit too spiritual now, I'd I'd go home, I'd be driving home, and I'd be like, they're going to think I'm nuts. They're going to think yeah. I am loopers away with fairies. And now I I don't think twice. Like, if it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, it's my truth it's what I need it's what I wanted to say it's what I wanted to communicate in the moment and I don't think about it but there was like little moments along the way like let's say like watching you do something or like like quotes really stick with me sometimes as well I'll have these like these pinnacle moments where I'm like oh that like that stuck that landed and um I yeah I actually I think it was it it came together when I started putting all the pieces together for myself. So it was like, I had all these facets to me. Like I loved, I loved teaching classes. I loved spirituality myself, but I wouldn't tell anyone that because I would die if I expressed that to a group of girls. Like my friends and stuff would think I was gone completely woo woo. So I didn't for a long time. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was very like, oh, not my scene. But I knew it was something that I was into. And then as a physio, I'd be like, you know I want especially in your first few years of working you're there to prove yourself and you're yeah you're very much so um just doing the job and like trying to like build the skills and all of that straight out so I definitely didn't just jump in and decide this is it now going down this route I think you need foundation for sure because you need to be confident and you need to be consciously competent in what you're doing first I think um, I'm all for people going and exploring and I think that's like self-exploration as well is going to get you to where you want to go but from like I know like you're the same with nursing you do you, like you, you kind of need the base and then from the base there's so many opportunities that's why I'm so grateful for the degree and so grateful for like you know it could like physio could have been anything but just having a base that then you feel okay I can always come back to this but outside of this you can add so much more so um yeah yeah, my first job was hard for sure. And if anybody is listening and they're like, I can't see that happening or that's not a possibility for me. Like I definitely didn't think so. Like when I was in the midst of my first job, I I thought like, I don't know how long I can do this for and all that. So um, especially if you're working in the Irish healthcare system, I do my resignation. Yeah, I can relate to everything you said there. And especially the the part about having the belief. Um, like I remember I have always been interested kind of from my own journey in preventative health and lifestyle medicine. And I knew it was something that I always wanted to go into. I had no idea how, no idea. It was just a desire. And I remember 
um, when I was working full time as a nurse and like that I was in a position that I really didn't like and I was chronically stressed and I remember I'd cry more than I than I wouldn't cry and I remember just being like you know what fuck it I'm gonna do a nutrition course I'll do it even just for me and then if I can use it great and I didn't I had no idea how it was just kind of that first step and then it kind of progressed from there but like you said at the belief at the beginning no way I was like no I'm qualified as a nurse this is me now this is my career and I used to look at people and I and this sounds terrible but you see it so common in the healthcare system as well where people a lot of people are burnt out and it's exhausting and I used to look at people who've been in a position for much longer than me and be like I just I don't want to be that unhappy um it was just it was a lot it was a lot but back to what I was saying there the belief it's it it almost builds gradually doesn't it when you kind of just start stepping and following that little desire that you have I had no idea I was ever going to end up where I am no idea I still don't really know where I I am going to end up but like you that spirituality part god I never would tell anyone that I was spiritual I'd never talk about it I had like the lifestyle clinic and it was a huge part of my life it was massive but I was too scared to show that part of me and it would actually have helped a lot of people if I was comfortable enough to do but I just wasn't there at the time and it's you're you're always growing and always becoming more of yourself aren't you absolutely and it's a that's the that's a journey in itself for yourself for yourself um and I think you're right what you're saying about belief like I reflected on that a good bit like where I'm like how the hell are we here like what what steps because people will ask what steps or what did it look like and one thing I always think about is like it honestly is just starting to choose like at every point you just choose yourself so like listen to yourself choose yourself and then you move you stumble forwards and it's always messy progress but it's still progress and I've made more mistakes than I've had successes like I wouldn't I wouldn't consider anything like massively successful or anything like that yet but it's just it for me was like just move in the direction of what what lights you up what makes you feel good I always use what makes you feel heavy or light and that's when I know to leave a job. That's when I know to leave a relationship, a friendship. It's like, if it's not making me feel light anymore and it's not it's not really serving where it did, then it's time to like move. And I think I've kept moving. So now I definitely have a problem with, I need to stop moving sometimes and just focus <laughs> on one thing. But I like at every point, if I start to feel a little bit stagnant or if I'm like, okay, this isn't for me anymore, I've given myself permission to drop it. Because I think like a stubborn part of me was always like, you know, like oh, you need to now go and get a master's and be like, if you had asked me my final year in college, where would I want to be right now? Like four years out of college, I would have said, I want to be a senior in a hospital. Yeah, I wonder like that, that'll be my career goal. And as soon as I went into hospital, I was like, no, <laughs> I don't care what promotion you give me, what job you give me this. And it's not that it's fantastic. I can see the value. It's fantastic. I just look at them and I'm like, I, I can't do it because I don't have your patience because I'm too restless nearly. Um, but I completely am like, they're fantastic. And there's some, my biggest mentors are physios that are still in hospitals and they teach me so much. Cause obviously when you take your foot out of there, you got to stay in it and you're going to do your CPT, you know, everything. so, um, but yeah, just choosing yourself each and it's a little decision. It's so small. Like if I look back and I see little things that happened, 
like this retreat, like myself and Ailish are running a retreat in three weeks time in Bali. I would never have imagined that would happen. That honestly, I met Ailish at the very first women's circle I ever went to. And a year later, we are running a retreat together in Bali. It was a decision. I sat on my bed at home in Meath. I didn't even want to drive to Dublin. And I was like, do I really want to go to this? I don't know anyone. I haven't been to a women's circle. Will I go? And literally she popped up everywhere for the next like eight weeks. I saw her everywhere. I was like, what is this girl? And why, what has she got to teach? Um, But she ended up being a huge part of my life. And like that, it was just one decision. And at that one decision, one of the girls I met there ended up being the girl. So Amy Wiley, like introduced me to everyone in Bali and all my friends now, the reason I moved to Sydney the reason that like I did breath work and everything was out of that one decision to go to a women's circle. So I always say to people, yeah. if you get a niggle, if you get a push, you go, you follow it. Uh, oh my God. There's so much stuff can happen on the other side of following that. Yeah. And I'm the exact same as you. I am where I am and doing what I do because I just followed that, those little tiny, tiny niggles and slowly but surely it moved me in the direction that I wanted to go and I think that sometimes we almost think and it feels so scary right when you look at somewhere you want to go and you're like but I have to make this huge decision right now and no of course you're going to feel afraid but that's not how it goes like I always even say to people when they ask how I transitioned, I'm like, it wasn't like a massive decision where I just threw myself off a cliff and I was like, hand in my notice to my full-time job and go straight in and try and make this whole thing work. It was like step by step. Like I started still working full-time as a nurse and just dabbled and then dabble some more and then dabble some more. And it's like when you open yourself up to it, so much more starts coming to you and it starts lining up. Yeah. Um, and I know the one thing that I know a lot of people struggle with as well is knowing, like li- being able to listen to your intuition, to, to know if it's a nudge or to know if it's like just your mind and you're having a fearful thought or, or what it is. Yeah. And I always describe it as like a knowing, yeah. like I know when a decision's right. And it's not like just in my head, like it's almost like a full body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel it. I feel that knowing that it's the right move I don't know what it's like for you how do you know when you have like that nudge yeah that it's your intuition I hear you on that as well I'll get a gush like I'll get and then um so I'm doing a lot of Reiki at the minute a lot of Reiki and breath work and in Reiki like my intuition will speak to me in like in my body like I'll just know I'll just know what to say I'm like I have no idea how I know what to say here but it's just it's that and the more it's a muscle like the more you connect to it the easier it gets to know so I do the whole, does it make me feel heavy or light? That one really works for me. So if I don't get an instant like, yes, then it's a no. Because if I if I don't energetically feel it in my body, I'm not going to do it. Then sometimes I'd say it's like a whisper and I, like, I'll get it in the back of my head rather than like, you know, conscious thought. It won't be words. It'll be more like a whisper, like a knowing. Yeah, exactly that. Or that gut feeling that you get. And now I just know to, to trust it, to follow it. Um, don't question it. Like if you're into human design, which I love human design, but like your design type will tell you how to use your intuition and how it speaks to you. And um, that was probably, so it was actually Ailish who read my first human design and she, there's there's five different design types and I'm a manifesting generator. And that just means that like 
you will do loads of things, dip your toe into loads of things and you won't finish anything. And it was the first time ever someone gave me permission to be like, if you can start it and not finish it, like who's keeping tabs, who cares? Like you're meant to go out there and try things. And by you trying them, you might open the door for somebody else to become an expert in that or become, you know, the guru in that or whatever it is, but that just might not be your path and that's okay. Um, but she said in that, that like, if you're a generator or a manifesting generator, your, your way of responding to decisions or to something being put in front of you is basically, it's your intuition, it's your sacral. So it's to listen to your gut and don't write to-do lists. Like if you're, if anyone understands, yeah, human design, it's like, don't, sorry, don't write uh, pros and cons lists because you overthink it. You're not meant to, you're just meant to go with the first thing that comes, um, which was really helpful. So yeah, little things like that um, and trusting. Because I think like I always say, what, the universe throws pebbles then it throws stones and then it throws boulders, like if you're not listening. So if you listen the first time, you avoid the bigger lesson most of the time. It's just when we don't listen that we're, yeah. Then. And I always like, I ask, I'm mm-hmm. always like, give me clarity. What's the right next move for me? Show me the way. And again, like for anyone listening who you might be a bit like what do you mean ask Mm -hmm. it's so powerful like and I I only put up a story yesterday where like there's a few decisions that I want to make and even like stuff I want to share with like my group in the space and figuring out what meditation to guide and stuff I used to always look outside myself for the answers so I'd be scrolling I'd be asking other people and now I go in and I well, like at the moment, I'm doing an extra little meditation in the evening just to slow myself down and just reconnect with me. And but it's it, it feels weird at the start, right? Because you're never thought like, oh, yeah, just no. ask for I for guidance or what the right next move is. And like sometimes you say to people about an intuition and they're like, what? What are you talking about? But that? like, yeah, yeah. but just yeah. I think trusting that you do have the answers and that those little ideas and those those feelings those desires that you have are leading you towards step by step leading you towards where you want to go mm-hmm. and it's okay to trust them and you don't have to throw yourself off a bridge you don't have to do it all at once and make massive scary decisions but you can just start slowly shifting the direction you're going in oh and definitely and that's one thing actually that came up today in a session as well where we were talking about um so like trying trying to get into something and and one of the cards she pulled was actually like you don't need to leave the full-time job you don't need to completely flip your life 180 you can just start something and that's exactly what I did it wasn't like I stayed in that job for another year um and then in my next decision it was to to go to four days so I had one day where I dedicated to doing like Pilates or teaching or whatever it was all like the groups whatever the additional stuff was and then that that became more and then when I got the break when I was like okay I'm gonna go traveling let's go all in and then I thought I'd be in New Zealand by August and I didn't land in Sydney until December so then life kind of just takes you with it and you ride the wave but um yeah it's just it's trusting yourself and I knew I knew as well like we talk about intuition I knew something about I had been to India before and I wanted to do my yoga teacher training I was hemming and hawing over India and I didn't like Bali when I went the first time so that it's like 2017 we went to India I did a placement I had a really hard time it probably kicked off my stress journey um and 
I came back and I was like, I don't know whether I can go back there until I'm ready. Um, went traveling to Bali afterwards and I remember saying, oh, it's just Australia, Spain. Like, it's not really anything. And now it probably has such a special place in my heart. Like, I just wasn't ready for Bali. Like, I wasn't ready to go on that spiritual journey. I wasn't there yet. And that's fine. When someone's listening who's like, oh, not, not relating, not there. Like, I feel like everyone gets to that point at some point in their life um where you are ready and where you are yeah. like okay I'm looking for answers or I'm looking for more and that's perfect it comes in its own time but yeah. if you do get a nudge to go and look into something or follow something I always say to people like what have you got to lose you know like something yeah. might come and that's it and I something actually only happened to me last year um I was myself and my husband we had recently got married and I went back to work in corporate healthcare, um because we were stuck in that whole need to buy a house my husband has a business so we were like okay if I have a good corporate healthcare job and you are self-employed we'll be able to get a mortgage much easier than if I was also self-employed so I was working there for I think a year or so and then I remember the whole time like just asking again asking for ways for me to continue to do the work I love and I was able to do my work through that company as well at the same time but I wanted to do more of it I had such a desire and I was becoming more comfortable in myself with spirituality and wellness and that element of me that I love and I remember it was just before Christmas and we we had our reviews or whatever and um I was brought in and a load of circumstances anyway um made it really impossible for me to stay exactly doing what I was doing I would have to make a decision to take a pay cut and and kind of transition where I was and I remember going universe what the fuck is this why I literally like this has been going so well why all of a sudden am I in this meeting and I remember ringing my husband I was like Gavin you're not going to believe this I was like this is the decision that I have to make now and I knew in my gut the right decision was for me to leave. And I sat with it for a few days and I had all the fears. I was like, but like all my plans were messed up. I was like, how am I going to get a mortgage now? Like, what am I going to do now? And there was that side of my mind. And then there was the other side where it was like, you've been asking for this. This is what you've wanted. You have wanted to shift and to move around your life and I sat with it anyway and I made the decision to leave taking that leap again I was like you know what if it doesn't work out I can just I'll go back to nursing I'll use that degree that I have I'll use my qualification and it won't be the worst thing in the world but I know right now that this is the right decision for me and all of last year I was still a bit unsure like you know when you're in that middle phase and you're still kind of figuring it out yeah but now my god does it make sense it makes so much sense but at the time I was like this is the end of the world what am I going to do like I had this great job we were on the way to buy a house we everything was lining up the way I thought it was supposed to but no there was a much better plan and my happiness and fulfilling stuff that I enjoy my god has it really come together um and I wanted to share that just because you know sometimes and for anyone listening if you're in a place where it feels like everything's falling apart and you're like this is not my plan this is not the way it was supposed to go 
trust your gut, listen to it. Because I could have made my decision from a place of fear there and took half my salary and kept doing work that I really wouldn't have enjoyed. I really wouldn't have just for the sake of, yeah, safety. And but my happiness would have definitely not been where it is right now. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It's it's that trust in yourself, that belief in yourself that no matter what happens, like like you're supported and you've got it and you can make it work. And I think the more, like we said, it's like building your risk tolerance. So once you do one little thing, like you, you had a lot of steps to get to that point. And when you hit yeah. that threshold, it was like, we're going for it. We're going to take yeah. this, take it as a sign and go for it rather than reverting and being like, oh, well. So, yeah, amazing. That's an amazing example of like, it's not rejection, it's redirection. And- oh, my God, it's redirection. And there'll also always be in anything that you're trying to create, anything you're trying to bring in or move around in your life, there'll be a phase where it feels like nothing is happening and everything's yeah. staying the same. And you're like, what am I doing this for? Why is nothing <laughs> changing? But it's that that phase where you've kind of changed your energy around it and you're kind of bringing it all in and it will physically change around you but just be patient in that middle part just keep showing up and keep chipping away at it listening to your gut and it will because if if you had said that to me last year halfway through the year I was like oh will you ever fuck off I don't want to hear that this is just not it feels like it's not working yeah just keep going and I completely, completely resonate. Like they, they call it magic dark in astrology. So it's mm-hmm. like your, your magic dark period, that that darkness before the light, the dark darkness before the dawn. And I've had that period comes all the time. I think my life's so seasonal. Like I have like, it'll all happen. It'll all align and then bang, something will hit me and I'll have to take a step back and just reset, recalibrate mm-hmm. and then go again. And it's this like constant kind of push pull and you just trust it. And I think the biggest thing, like I did in that and it sounds like you did in that moment as well is you release the attachment to what you think it should look like so in and I just go right no matter what happens I'm just going to release all attachment release control surrender to it and see where it takes me while before I would have been petrified and I would have just been like no no like we're going right back this is a sign that it's not working well now I'm like oh it's probably a sign that there's something more so I'll just ride this way and it'll come in in ways you never thought it'll look differently than you ever thought it'll feel differently but like you said if you can like for years I know that I made my decisions from a place of fear the whole time and I Mm kind of was in a loop just going around and around because I I wasn't ready to well I didn't have the tools and I wasn't really ready and that's okay but when we become more conscious of our thoughts and more conscious of how we're making our decisions, is it from a place of fear that I would love this, but it'll never work out for me and we block ourselves straight away with the thought or it's like, I have a desire for this. I can follow it to see what might happen, what what could be next. And it's literally just one little thing. It's not, nothing hugely bad is going to happen, but I suppose it's getting out of that comfort zone and and listening yeah and once you start once Mm -hmm. you start doing it you'll just continue every time it gets easier I always say it's like you flip a switch and there's no one flipping it like once you flip it that's it like you're not going to go back on that you're only going to get you're only going to have a higher risk tolerance you're going to be like okay you're going to prove to yourself each time you do it that it does work out eventually 
Um, and I think we all have free will. So like there's probably a path there lined out for you, but we all have free will in that. So like you have decisions that you make and, and like just got to trust that you're making the right one at the time for you. And don't, do, the main thing is don't do it for anyone else and don't do it. Um, conversation I had today was just don't do it for the past version of yourself that thinks it should look this way so I used to always like do an inner child work or doing something and I'd be like oh I want to make younger me proud and now I'm just like yeah she's proud like we're, we're yeah. making her proud but actually right now I'm making myself like I want to make myself proud I don't need to live to the version of me that I thought I had to be mm-hmm. I just need to figure out right now you know, where am I happiest? What brings me the most joy? What lights me up the most? And I just don't attach all, like if you asked me, like I, I was huge into manifesting and it definitely did work um, at certain periods of my life. And now I'm probably just more like, let's just release the control. Because yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel in control at half the time anyway. Like if you ask me what I think is going to happen in two months time, I could not tell you. But that just leaves the door open for so much more. Um, yeah. And I love to look at it like I have projects in different areas of my life. So I have my career project, I have my health project, I have my home, my marriage and stuff. And there's desires that I have and things that I would love to bring in. But I always just want what's for my highest good. And sometimes a lot of the time it's even better than I could have ever planned. But if I try and force and control how it looks, it is so much harder. It, it nearly makes the experience painful because you're kind of like, well, no, I want this to happen right now. And if it's not happening, then something is wrong. And you become a, you become so attached to the outcome that the whole journey is not enjoyable. And that's what I've been trying to lean into this year as well. Where I'm like, I'm not attached to any outcome, whatever comes in, but I'm enjoying bits now, little bits that happen now and just seeing where it ends up. And that is... Another, th- I'd love to tell Robin five years ago that because she would have, she'd she'd have a lot less <laughs> stress <laughs> and overwhelm and disappointment. But it's it's just it's so huge. Just trust the process and try and enjoy where you are now because that enjoyment also shifts your energy and you just bring in more good stuff. Honestly, yeah. And we were, you were saying as well, like, what, what did we do? Like what decisions? And just when you were saying that there and like release attachment, I think the decisions that I made, and I I say this all the time to people is like, just start investing in yourself. Like you said, you did the nutrition course for you. And that's the moment that something changed because little investments, like the first thing I did was I got a coach and I was like, I'm physio. I don't need, like, I don't need a coach. I know to go to the gym. It was the best thing I ever did because for the first time in my life, I, I was like, I just let somebody help me. Like it was the first moment I had of like giving away some of the control that I had and the first experience I had of somebody supporting me and holding me accountable. And it was for, and it, it honestly, it like hugely healed my relationship with my body and my relationship with food. And then I got a life coach and then, and then I really went hell, hell for leather on therapy because I was like, okay, like these have opened a door and mm-hmm. now the door is open and it's time to go and explore it, but not until I was ready. And it's just like the little investments. So you do the course or you go to the retreat or whatever it is, if it, if it makes you feel like you are going to connect to yourself and you might release some of the attachment and some of the pressure that you put on yourself, then it's, it's a step in the right direction. Cause those doors, those doors opened up more than any, like 
you know, pre- like big pressure or like strict goal setting I put on myself. It was more just about little steps, little investments, little choices along the way. Yeah. And I did that too. I got a coach um, after a while just to help me keep stepping forward with it because mm-hmm. we are like, we are the creator, the author, whatever way you want to look at it of your life. But sometimes it's overwhelming and sometimes you need someone to kind of take everything that's in your mind and just help you make sense of it and just figure out the right next move and it's so helpful to have that or even books like I found like a couple of books that I really resonated with and I would just use the little tools in there to help me kind of reconnect with me and my intuition and just see I suppose like get to know me yeah like and get to like me and like me enough to be like you know what we're going to do what we like and what we enjoy and that's a huge part as well, isn't it? Just your self-love and your yeah. your connection because when you care about yourself and when you like yourself, you want to create a good life for yourself. Mm-hmm. And you believe you deserve it. Yeah, that's, that's it. You believe you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the moment. And someone asked me the other day, it was the first uh, self-help book I read and I was really struggling in like my first job. And my oh, mom- uh, no, no, well, it actually. I read the secret. Everyone says the secret. No, mine was. It's actually hilarious. Um, my mum gave me Dr. Harry Barry's emotional resilience. She was like, "You need this right now." So you come home on a Friday and just bawl my eyes out. Like I wouldn't be able to speak. I just had to be like, "How was your week?" And I'd be like, <laughs> not even able to get the words out, and was not emotionally resilient. Mm-hmm. And I read that book and I read it cover to cover and I he has real like little practical steps to do. So in work, I'd be like in a moment where I'd feel that I wasn't resilient enough or something. And I would like practice. It was all CBD, CPT and stuff. And um, I would practice it and it started working. And then I was like, OK, that one worked. Let's try another self-help book. And yeah, they, they, it's all opening doors to yeah. and then you, you'll feel that you're you're ready to go and maybe speak to someone else or explore it a little bit more whatever it is but yeah. um yeah learning to love yourself learning learning about yourself acceptance was huge just like I recognize I'll never be perfect I'll never look the way I wanted to look when I was whatever I don't care anymore I just I like I would never have left the house without makeup on when I was younger and I was so so obsessed with like looking a certain way and being perceived a certain way but that would block you from doing so many other things. Like you wouldn't be online now. Like neither of us would be on, like, you know, because you're obviously up for <laughs> for criticism when you go up there. And yeah. I just, like, if I'm happy and I'm doing something that makes me feel like, you know, I'm serving yeah. in some way or whatever your, whatever your values are, that's good enough. And I don't need to be anything for anyone else. Because, I mean, my friends love me the way I am. My family, unfortunately, have to put up with me the way I am. So, <laughs> like... You know, yeah. we spend so much time wasting energy on and wasting. It's just it's mental load, isn't it, to carry that around with you? And the the there's not a moment that I decided that that's enough, but it was over time and just it's when you start, like you said, when you start when you start caring about yourself, nurturing yourself, and then that self love comes with that. Um, and something as well that I had been thinking about the other day is, you know, the way people say, no one can love you until you love yourself, that that rhetoric. Um, I definitely was in a relationship that taught me a lot of self-love. Like, I'm very lucky in that sense. Uh, he held a lot of space for where I was insecure. And I would say I'm quite secure now. 
Um, but it wasn't without help. And I think you can have friends that make you feel loved. You have family that make you feel loved. And a lot of what I find in breathwork with people is everyone's afraid to be held or to be seen vulnerable in their vulnerable state. Um, and all I do in breathwork is, is hold space for you. You are held in that moment and you are allowed to feel and to be and to see and everything. Um, but a lot of us aren't used to that, to like being yeah. held being seen yeah. so yeah yeah that's a big thing for people as well so and you have spoken as well online about your experience with chronic stress mm. and how that showed up for you and I know probably led you towards your tools that you do now your breath work your yoga your reiki yeah. would you mind telling us a bit about that because I think as well stress is such a massive area but in my experience a lot of us don't realize how stressed we might be it kind of becomes the norm and you're kind of like well this is just me this is just how I feel the whole time and also remembering that stress it does have consequences on our health if it's if it's constant and it's it's just something I love to highlight because it's it's something we all experience so would you mind telling us a bit about it yeah yeah so um yeah it's funny because you're right it definitely if you experience something yourself I think when you come from a place of experience you're more passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's where my my interest in like stress and trauma came in strongly. I ended up, so my first job, I've talked about this first job a bit, but it actually probably was triggered. So the body responses I was getting to stress was that placement in India. So we did four weeks of a placement in an orphanage in India when I was going into fourth year in college. So going into final year. And if any of the guys who were with me are listening, like it was an experience. It was the best and the worst thing I ever did. Like it shook me to my absolute core. I did not know the world was that unfair and that unjust until I, I set foot there. And I got really, really sick. So the middle week I got the worst food poisoning I've ever had. And I didn't, I couldn't eat properly again. And then I went back to college and fourth year was stressful but I still was getting sick. Like I was getting food intolerances that I never had. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then by Christmas of fourth year, I was getting full-blown allergic reactions. So I would think about a stressful situation. Like I'd be like, oh my God, I have an exam in three weeks. And I'd feel my eyes start to burn. I was like, what? And if anybody follows me on Instagram, you'd be like, I, I put up pictures all the time just to show like, as in stress manifests physically if you don't deal with the cause of the stress. Um, so in the beginning, it was like maybe once a month, like if I was on placement, I get a flare. My, like I was, it's just like a complete inflammatory response. Like overall, like I was like really bloated after eating. I had loads of food intolerances. Obviously my skin, I was getting eczema, like breaking out. I didn't have asthma in years. Asthma came back. I was like, what is going on with me? And then I started my first job and I was working in palliative care for my first nearly two years um and I honestly just wasn't resilient enough I loved the job I think it is one of the most rewarding jobs in the world but I just wasn't there like I I gave way too much so I had no boundaries I had no and this is one of the most important things of your experience in burnout is you need to you need to set boundaries and they need to be firm boundaries and I didn't have them I went in before I was meant to start I would be in there till like half six seven because I needed to prove that I could be enough and I could do enough and I was the right hire and all of this and then then on top of that all of my patients died and you were dealing with their families and I was 
20, what, two coming out of college. Um, and I just, I, I, I didn't have it. And I can so say that now. And I definitely have moments where I look back and I'm like, I could have done such a better job there. And you can beat yourself up about it or you can just be like, look at what you learned from it. Like it was one of the best experiences, but in that job, then it got to every day. So I would go in, I would look like I was crying all the time because I literally couldn't see out of my eyes. Um, and by Christmas, so I was working from August and by Christmas I hadn't taken a day off because this is what happens when you get stressed you get put into the rut you're just this is my new normal like you said I'm I'm like this whatever and I it hit Christmas and I worked because last in worst shift so I worked pretty much all over Christmas I used to come home to my family at the weekends and I, like I said earlier I'd be asked how was this week at work and I just wouldn't be able to even say I couldn't speak about it I felt like all I had in my life was work. So I stand like now that I understand and I, I do corporate and I teach about burnout and I'm like, if you could see the signs before it happened, you would see it happen plain as day in front of you. But when you're in it, you're so stuck. You're so just in that cycle that you can't see it. So like my friend, as in I wasn't spending time with my friends, I would be like at the end of the week, oh, I don't have the energy or I just don't feel good enough to like go and what am I going to talk about all I do is work like no joy in that then like exercising I was kind of exercising to punish myself it was this like just got into this negative mindset loop where I just couldn't I couldn't see outside I couldn't see the few like we were saying earlier people who were like looking to see what might be there I just couldn't see it like I was like I was living day to day week to week and that was really it and I was living in Dublin I was living in Ranla in a house with lovely girls and I was miserable I had a lovely boyfriend everything else like what and you feel guilty then because you're like I have a job and I I am living in Dublin and I do have a lovely life like what's wrong with me um and then Christmas came completely burnt out week, week after Christmas I got appendicitis and I had to get my appendix out and it was the first time I had time off since starting work and literally in those three weeks something in me went you can't you cannot continue to go like this like you're going to you're going to burn out in a big way and you're just not going like I was I was actually at the point where I was like do I even want to be a physio anymore do I even want to do this because I don't know if I have it in me um and went back to work but what I like started reading started meditating during those three weeks and then I wasn't able to do like intensive exercise and it didn't feel right in my body when I went back so even when I was allowed to exercise again I, like it didn't I, I didn't get anything from it and I remember being like hmm this is something and then I started getting into yoga I was doing much more Pilates I was trained in Pilates at that point but I was afraid to teach um it's not like we all haven't been in that space of fear we have like I didn't think I had a Pilates body or whatever at the time and I was just like oh I can't teach that because I'm not there but started to do more of it and listen to my body and really I think what happens with stress and burnout as well in a big way is that you dissociate from your body so and I still experience that now. If something stressful happens now, my first port of call is numbness. I'll just numb out. I'll be like, okay, we won't feel anything at all and we'll get through the day. Um, and that that was like my go-to then. So I couldn't feel that my body was having these reactions until I could physically see them because I was just numb to everything. And I was numb to the, the happy and the sad and everything in between. So yeah, and then I just started little by little trying to do things that brought me back I actually had a consultation with an immunologist at the time because I was like so all over the place they were trying to figure out what was wrong like I had gone for allergy tests wasn't coming back really with anything in particular and he sat me down he got me to write out my week 
And then he was like, what stuff do you do for yourself? And I remember being like, this is a consultant asking me this. This does not happen. And I was like, oh, like not mm. nothing. Like, you know, and he was like, so you need to do things that make you feel like you. And that's what I say to people now all the time. Like working, what we're, we're working for what? Like if it's not, if it's really not lighting you up and it's not, I know that people have to make an income and I completely understand that obviously some of us are in situations where you can't leave a job, but you need to do something in your week, something in your day that is purely for you to like bring you home and reset that kind of upregulated nervous system, bring you back down. And for me, that's breath and that's yoga and that's meditating because that's what works for me. But that's not to say like, you know, like my friends will do something different like go kick a ball against the wall go on a fart like whatever it is like some lads go out to the shed and need to build stuff like whatever it is that brings you back that's that's your like your peace your inner world and yeah yeah they were probably the moments but I think it's just something that maybe we don't chat about and it, it affects everyone who's working like I think you can go through periods where yeah just that you're you're maybe stuck in that rush and other people can see it. And like you said at the very beginning, bur- like burnouts, it's infectious. If one person goes, it's like a domino effect in work because you're all just in this environment that is not conducive to making people feel good. So no, yeah. And it can even be like the little things that you're doing. It doesn't have to be hours. It can be 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like little things here and there. And that's how I started as well. I didn't start doing massive chunks of self-care I just in I remember it was our stories are so similar because I was working in palliative care but it was pediatrics mm. and it was permanent nights and I've I found nights incredibly hard I just my mental health my routine not getting enough sleep your food is all over the place and I was just exhausted all the time and it was I had actually started doing my nutrition course as well and I remember just getting to a point where it, I would just cry all the time. So I would be on the train to college. And I remember my friend, Jen, I remember I texted her and I was like, Jen, I can't stop crying because we were doing the course together. Mm-hmm. And um, like I was literally sitting there, you know, when your body just it was it was mad. It was just I was on my own. And anything I looked at any anytime someone spoke to me, it was just tears. And I couldn't stop them. And I went into our lecture room and I just kept crying. She's like, we need to, we need to get out of here. So we went off for lunch in town and then I went home. But it was almost like my body was just at that point where it's like, no more. I cannot do this anymore. And it was at the time as well that I was in and out of hospital for my heart condition. They were like, look, your health is not good. Like you, you need a pacemaker. Your heart function is really bad. And you almost get to a point where you're not given a choice. It's like your, your physical body is like, hello, no more. This is, this has got to end. And it is a blessing as well because it it makes you, I was forced to, I was kind of like, okay, I can either be really sick and really unwell, or I can just start doing little things. And again, it's that one, that one decision to take that 15 minutes for yourself to even run a bath to on a weekend off to book something for yourself Mm -hmm. but again I suppose it comes back down to that self self self-compassion and self-love and and 
knowing that it's okay to to look after you and to put you first and I know that a lot of people listening to this are in healthcare I know a lot of you guys that follow me are nurses and I'm sure a lot of you that follow Quiva as well are in healthcare and it is one of those among all so many jobs I'm not saying it's the only one but it's quite common to to experience those high mm-hmm. levels and I know this probably the same with corporate or wherever you work yeah but just look after you take your 10 15 minutes um yeah yeah it, it is and it's do you know what I think as well in healthcare you get hit with a double whammy so you get hit with the compassionate fatigue and the burnout so because you are someone else's support you you are you're taking it on all of the time and you're expected to show up and be empathetic and be kind compassionate to everyone else and probably the person you're the least compassionate to is yourself at the end of the day um, and then you get all the symptoms of burnout as well. Like, it's not like they're not there. Like, you do have a stressful job. You have notes to complete. You have reports to write. Like, you're under pressure. And, yeah, I just don't think we're fully thought. Like, I, my biggest my biggest bone to pick there now was, like, I came out of college. And I was not thought how to deal with that situation. Like, no one, no one teaches you how to manage everything. Your, like, your social life, your financial life, your work life. Like, I just did. I didn't strike a balance. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and you learn the hard way 100% and it but it takes about seven years to overcome a burnout so I mean we're still and I still flare so like if I still if I get stressed and I don't do the things that I know I need to do I will have a body reaction to it it didn't change it just I got better at managing it and I got better at noticing the triggers yeah um but yeah it's it's bizarre isn't it and your, your body's so intelligent and like yeah when I see even breath work like they're releasing stuff they don't even know what it is but their body is going through something that they have suppressed for a long time and um it's fascinating to watch and to watch people release something like they'll come out and they'll be like god I'm so angry but I have no idea why I'm angry and I'm like you don't really need to know you just gotta you just gotta go through and process it and let it leave you um yeah yeah which is it's fascinating but yeah I mean we have to go through these experiences because neither of us would be where we are doing what we love if we hadn't gone through like the shitter in the beginning and yeah and yeah yeah come out the other side alive yeah and I think I before we finish up as well I love what you said there about boundaries um Mm. and that at the time through my whole career I didn't realize that that was an issue for me that boundaries were somewhere that I needed to spend some time like I remember even going into a shift and I had a my had I slipped a disc in my back from so much heavy lifting and I remember I couldn't walk and I turned around to my manager and I was like I can't walk like I need to go home I'm in so much pain this is I can't physically manage work today and the guilt that I felt for even saying that and then the reaction because of course you're short-staffed and there's that pressure that you need to be a body but you know what you your health is more important and I didn't understand that and through my whole nursing career I didn't understand that I would like you say yes I would kill myself I remember even as a student like being asked to push or lift weights that were like three times myself just to be an extra set of hands and I would nearly kill myself trying to do it yeah because it was it's expected and it's really hard when you're in it to to say to say no yeah but yeah you are more important your health is more important yeah 
absolutely absolutely and like I I hear you on that like when so I had like a grumbling appendix for four or five days before I actually had to go and on the day that it hit peak we were really short staffed like we were down maybe a two physios on that ward so I was on covering two wards myself and I went down to the senior and I was like I do not feel good like I really really don't feel good I had to leave the morning MDT and uh, I went and I said to her and she said are you sure you're not just constipated and I was like no like I'm not good and I was like can I go to the doctor and she was like well come back if you're okay and I literally rang her to be like so the doctor says I'm going straight to A&E I will see you leave you and love you now you have no one for a month but like it's like that I would have done anything to just please and be there and and here it's so different Robin like I can't speak they have mental health days here and they don't ask you if you need to take a day off they do not ask you why you're taking the day off they just trust it's trust and I think that's the thing that we struggle with in healthcare is like god we're all in it because we wanted to help people none of us none of us chose that life like trying to make money because there's not money in it like you know for most people are there for good reason no one's really really trying to like get away with anything I think if we were trusted a little bit more and you know that when you say you're sick that you don't have to feel guilty about it. you're sick like you know and and don't feel don't feel, don't even feed into that and go home when you're meant to go home come in when you're meant to come in take your lunch breaks it's such simple things like I started at the end my my next job was a very different job because I I loved it and I was like I'll give 110% to the kids my next job was actually in pediatrics I was like I'll give 110% to the kids and you know in a session I'll be fully there but I'm not gonna like the, one of the best things I've ever been told was by a psychologist in work and she said be average on an average day because nobody is going to thank you for more and your average is probably better than everybody else's best so just show up just do your job do what you are good at that's why you're there don't go killing yourself on all the other things and I was like I know managers would kill me if they heard me say that, but we just burn out too quickly. You just, it's not worth it. I'd rather have staff, happy staff for a long time than no staff because they're unhappy, they're burnt out and they're, they're off on sick leave. So yeah, it's, uh, it's putting yourself first for sure. That's it. And if you're struggling with that and you find it hard, even reach out to like in therapy can be really helpful to just help you get a bit of clarity on what you need and your boundaries or um like like yourself I did life coaching and I've done therapy as well but just to help me be a bit more rooted in myself and learn to put me first because it can be really hard um yeah so it's a it's a good use those tools if you can um I feel like we could talk about this all day. I know. But <laughs> for everybody listening, where can we find you and your events and, and everything that you do? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is themindfulphysio underscore and I have a website up there as well. So it's just themindfulphysio.com. Um, I'm actually running a retreat in Ireland, hopefully. We're in the process of getting that all organized in June. Um, I'm kind of targeting it a little bit more towards, so the, the retreat I'm running in Bali in April is mostly in and around like my age group. So like 20s, 30s, like that age group of women. Um, the one for June, I would love to be a little bit older. So anyone who's maybe in that transition period of their life, um yeah I think we have a lot of opportunity now to explore this while maybe like our mums didn't so trying to like tap in there and then when I'm home in June I'll probably do a few breathwork events and stuff like that but 
running online classes and online yoga and all of that for anyone at home. And then I'm working out here, but yeah, it's been, it's been a bit of a journey. Um, mm. And just for anyone listening, I suppose it's just to know that if something, if something is niggling, if something's there, just to follow it and trust yourself. Um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all about me. One, one day at a time. One day at a time. And it always works out. It always yeah, works out. Always. And I will put all the details underneath for anyone who wants to check out Quiva's events or workshops or Instagram. And thank you so much for coming on. It's been so nice. Thank you so much for having me. Um, and for inspiring me along the way. It's it's full circle, <laughs> this, honestly. So it felt very full circle when you asked. I was like, oh my God, I'll have to tell her now that she was, uh, so nice. she was one of the big inspirations. So and still are definitely leading the way. So thank you for everything you do. Thank you. Yeah.